Hey, CCC family, we are so excited that you're here in service with us. And a special shout out to all of you online viewers. Thanks for tuning in. We are so excited and ready for this weekend. I'm Sarah, and this is Andrea. Andrea, I am so excited for this weekend. Me too. It's going to be a great weekend filled with some amazing worship, a great sermon. Um, and we're so excited that you have decided to join us in this experience this weekend. It's going to be so great. I've been prayed over, and there's just a lot of really exciting things happening this weekend. Actually, it's a new sermon series, so we've been gearing up for that, and we're really glad that you're tuning in with us. Yeah, so if you are watching online, we would love to be able to connect you into our community here at CCC. And you can do that by clicking the connect link on your screen, and that'll take you to our online connection card. It's super short, super simple. We promise we won't spam you. So fill that out, um, and then we'd love to get you connected um, here to the church. And then here in person, we have some great people at our welcome desk. They are so welcoming and they are perfect with the, the smizing, with their masks. <laughs> like they are so, so welcoming and they would love to get to know you if you're new. So if you want to fill out the connection card on the back and hand that in, they'd love to give you a gift and just, just welcome you here. So... Yeah, and part of um, who we are as the church is we really want to be a church of generous people. And so one way that you can take part in that is by giving. And so if you're joining us online, you can text CCC Rochester to 77977, or you can click the Give link on your screen to join us um, in being a church that supports those around us and supports each other uh, through finances. And I'm going to kind of jump on what Andrea just said. We have such generous people, and you just need to know that everything that you give goes to great things. So you are making a huge impact whether you know it or not. So thank you so much. And those of you in person, you could actually tag onto the online ability to give as well if that's easiest for you. Otherwise, we have boxes on the back of the auditorium that you can absolutely use to drop off your offering as well. Another way that we like to support each other as a community is through prayer. It's such an incredibly powerful thing that we can go to our Lord um, and bring our requests, our praises, that we can intercede for other people as well. And so if you have a prayer request, um, you can chat with one of our um, online service hosts. You can click request prayer and they would love to pray for you right then and there. Um, um, and there are also opportunities on our website under the prayer tab um, for prayer outside of the service time as well for those of you joining online. Absolutely. And we do love praying for you. We consider it such an honor that you give us um, your requests and you just need to know that we take the time to pray over everything that you give us because as a, as a church community, we are founded and based on prayer. So, so in person, if you have prayer requests as well, Fill it out on the back of that connection card, hand it in to us, and we will take it from there. Some cool announcements. So we are starting to do more baptisms, and our first baptism is actually going to be after the 530 service on Saturday, March 13th. So you don't want to miss out. Baptism services are so incredibly special. So you have to let us know if you're going to be attending or if you want to get baptized. And if you want to get baptized, let Sarah Tyson know at Sarah or S Tyson at cccrochester.org. 
Yeah, baptisms is such an exciting thing that we get to do as a church body. And so it is so incredible that we are having more opportunities for you guys to take that next step in your faith. Now, another incredible opportunity that we have on the weekends is um, Lessons with John, which is a discipleship class that is led by Larry Schmidt. Um, and it's every Sunday at 1010 right here at church. And it's also available via Zoom if you'd rather um, join online. That is an option as well. So for more information on this, you can go to the events page on our website and it has everything you need to know to get plugged in there. Absolutely. And we've heard nothing about great things about this class. So we highly recommend that you check it out. We are so excited again that you're here with us and we care and love each and every one of you. So Andrea, it's going to be a great weekend. It is. We're so excited that you are here. So we just invite you to lean into this service and experience what God has for you here. Please stand with us as we worship.
Christ community, how's everybody doing? We good? Awesome to see you guys who are here in person. Uh, welcome to you guys who are watching us online. My name's Daryl Holden. If I haven't met you yet, really good to be with you today. Um, I'm so glad to be back. Last weekend, uh, Marie and I were visiting our kids down in Texas, and we got caught in all that mess that was going on down there in um, Minnesota weather in South Texas. They're not ready for that. Um, so we were stuck, and uh, I got back to work this Monday, so we had like a little four-day weekend planned, and we were in down there about 11 days, and so um, we got back to work this past Monday and heard from Becky Rietfeld, who leads our worship ministry. She said, uh, I think you got stuck down there. I think that was my fault, and I said, why would that be your fault? And she said, well, I prayed that you and Marie would have a good time with your kids, but the weather wouldn't be too warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we made it back, and I'm really glad to be back. So this is a this is a unique weekend for us as a church. I'm really glad that you're you're joining in. You're part of that with us. Um, what we're going to be doing this weekend is kind of unrolling and starting to unpack our church's new vision statement. This is a this is a thing that's been in the works for several years, um, based on some of the work that you guys have done as a congregation and that our staff and elder board leadership teams have done. Um, so I'm really excited, we're gonna do it a little bit differently today, so you just, you just kinda you know, flow with us through this service, and we're gonna have a lot of fun together, and I'm really glad you're here. So let me just kinda start by defining some terms so that you guys can know what we're talking about. So if we start with this idea of a mission statement, all right? Our church has a mission statement. A mission statement is really just kinda answers the question, why do we exist? And for a church, the mission statement is always some sort of restatement, a creative expression of the Great Commission that we read in the various ends of the Gospels uh, and also in the beginning of Acts. And so our church has this mission statement that we are restoring our broken world through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's been the mission of this church for years and years. I don't, I've only been here a little, like a year, and so I don't even know when it started with you guys. Um, we've held on to that, and that mission statement isn't changing. We are gonna continue to be a church that seeks to be restored personally and is God's instrument of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's our mission statement. So we're talking over these next several weeks about a vision statement. And what a vision statement is really, is just a way for us, it's kind of like this snapshot of the next three to five years. It's what, what we see us needing to be and to become over the next three to five years. So we're gonna roll out today what we think God has for us as a church, as a community, what he has for us to be and to become over this next handful of years. And so before I roll that out, though, I wanna tell you kind of how we got to this, 
how we got to this vision statement. So a lot of this started back with a, the work that, that Christ Community, the people of Christ Community did with Pastor Dave Miles when he was here and with his interim ministry that he had. You had town halls, you had a lot of conversations, you had different meetings and prayer discussions and you did a lot of work during that season with Nancy Moore when her NL Moore was here with the consulting firm. And they listened carefully to the people of this church. And, and so as you guys worked through a lot of that stuff, really there were three things that surfaced that, that you said these things are important to us in the days that are coming. And so those three things were we wanna be a people who own our own faith we wanna be people who love each other well, and we wanna be people who make a gospel impact in our community. So kind of with those three things having bubbled to the top, um, what our lead team, our pastoral leadership team did, uh, we took a couple of days to go offsite, plus use some time in our regular meetings to really to pray and to talk and to read through and work on and then we brought all our work back to our elder board and, and shared it with them. And they took time, those, they took time to pray over it and think about it and to, to lean into it as well. And so this is, I'm really excited about this vision statement because it's not just, you know, a couple of people who consider themselves to be visionaries went off to a room for a day or two, a mountaintop, and found, you know, heard something from God. This is a this is a vision that has bubbled up. From, from the congregation of Christ Community Church, and it has filtered through the leadership, and so let me just, I'll just share this vision statement with you. If you were at our annual meeting, you saw it, but our vision, so this is the next three to five years, this is what we believe that God has for us to be and to become over these next three to five years, to be a church of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. And so you're gonna hear us talking about this a lot. You're gonna hear this, we're, we're restoring our broken world. You hear that phrase often, and you're gonna hear us talking about we're gonna be a church of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. And so really there are five elements to this vision statement, and so that's the next five weeks. Starting today, for the next five weeks, we're gonna be talking about the pieces of this vision statement. And what I wanna talk with you about today is being a church. So we want to be a church. There is a lot of theological and biblical weight behind that statement of being a church. You, you could be any kind of an organization, you could be any kind of club, you could be, any, like you could, if you're gonna define your own terms of who you wanna be and what you wanna be about, you call yourself something else. When you say that you wanna be a church, that means you're standing on something and you're standing for something and it's not something that we get to create for ourselves, it's something that we get to be part of that God has already done and he is doing. And so we get to step into this, this gift and this heritage that God has given to us when we say that like the first piece of, of what we see ourselves in these next several years, we are going to be a church. And so what we're gonna do is we talk about being a church today. The church is over 2,000 years old. And so to, to kind of give us some help and a flavor of, of what we're talking about, I wanna talk a little bit about our heritage, and then we're going to pause for some time of worship and reflection that, 
that connects us to that heritage. And we're gonna talk about our identity and an image that the Bible gives us, and we're gonna pause again to, to reflect and to worship a little bit about this identity that God has given to us, and then we're gonna talk about that, what he's called us to. And we'll finish up our time together again with worship and reflection and some commitment to being who God has called us to be um, as a church. So I wanna start with us jumping in. In Acts chapter two, there's this, this description of the first church. It's kind of, it's, it's who they were, what they did, what was important to them, what they, what they gave themselves to. And from this description of them, we learn some things about our heritage when we say that we want to be a church. So Acts chapter two, starting in verse 42, they, the first group of Jesus' followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So as I was reading through this description of that first church and thinking about us 2,000 years and half a world away from where this thing started, one of the words that just jumped off the page at me was the word devoted. That first group of Christian people, the first group of Jesus followers were devoted to some very particular things. And I was thinking about the word devoted, and I was thinking about, okay, so people who are devoted to something, like those are people who are, who are committed to it. They're all in for it. They are, they are not just kind of messing around with it. They're not dabbling in it. They are devoted to, like you can, you can dabble in a lot of things, but you can't be devoted to very much. So if you're gonna be devoted to something, that means it's gonna get your time, your energy, your money. Like if you're devoted to some things, who you are and what you have, you bring to that and you pour into that and you leave it there. And so, so this first generation of Jesus followers, they were devoted to four things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and, and they had at their disposal, the first group of people who had seen Jesus not only in his earthly ministry, but on the cross and risen from the dead. And those, those first guys, Jesus said, hey, you're gonna take this message. And that early church, those apostles, they were, they were declaring and teaching about Jesus. And the church was devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, the cool thing for you and for me is most of what the apostles taught was written down for us in this book that we call the Bible, and you and I have this incredible opportunity and privilege to be devoted to the same thing. And so if you're gonna be part of a church, you're gonna be devoted to what God has said to his followers, and so that there's this devotion to the apostles' teaching, and you and I would say we're gonna be devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to fellowship, 
And fellowship, this is a, it's a big Bible word, and if you grew up in church, you've heard it, and it's described everything from you know, men's ski trips to potluck dinners. It, it, gets, it describes all sorts of things. What fellowship is, fellowship is we have each other's back. Spiritually speaking, we have each other's back. It was an interesting environment that that first church was, that they were living in and that they were growing in. Uh, they were, it was not cool to go to church, it was, it was not accepted in the culture. It was something new. It felt like a cult. There was a lot of different things. And so this fellowship that they were committed to, they were committed to being there for and being there with each other. And that's part of being a church. In the church, we are, we are devoted to having each other's back, spiritually speaking, to being there for and being there with each other. And if you if you have experienced that in your life, you know what a blessing that is, what, a, what an amazing gift that is that God gives to his people, is his people, that we, that we can be there for each other. So they were devoted to, we'd say God's word, they're devoted to fellowship, they're devoted to the breaking of bread, the Bible tells us, and I think that that is a reference to communion. I don't, I don't think it's a reference just to going out to lunch together or having dinner together. That's described a little later in those verses. I think that this is a devotion to communion and the purpose of communion is reminding each other of who we belong to and what he has done for us. It is, it is declaring the Lord's death until he comes, is what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 being devoted to breaking bread means that we're devoted to being what Jesus described as poor in spirit. That we would, that we would acknowledge together that we don't have what it takes. Spiritually speaking, we don't have what it takes to earn our way into God's favor, to pour our lives into other people, to love God like we're supposed to, to love other people like is, is asked of us. We, we just don't have what it takes but we have received, and God has given to us, he offers to us in Jesus what it takes, and so we receive what we need in order to be and to represent what we're supposed to be and represent, and there was a devotion to being like aware of spiritual poverty that keeps us centered on who Jesus is and leaning into him for what we need to be and who we need to become, and then they were also devoted to prayer, they were devoted to prayer. I mean, just, you just think about that with me for just a minute. They were devoted, that first church, that first group of Jesus followers were devoted to prayer. They gathered together to, to hear from the Lord, to speak to him, to seek his wisdom, to seek his guidance, to seek his power, to seek, to seek him, his presence in their lives. They were committed to these things they were devoted to prayer, and this wasn't something they dabbled in. This wasn't something they just kind of messed around with, or if they had time for it, that maybe they would put it to side. Like they, they, were, they were devoted to prayer. It was part of who they were as a body, and it was part of the things that they did when they came into, they came together. And so they were, they were committed to these most important things. And so I, I, I love this description of devotion and these things that that first church were devoted to because it, it helps us remember that we have, we have a heritage. And when we're thinking about who we are and 
what we want to become. We don't, we don't have a white sheet of paper to go and draft all that out. We have, we have a very clear heritage and history that has been given to us by the Lord through his people for, for centuries. And so just to think a little bit about our heritage and to celebrate that, we have kind of a, a medley of songs put together. None of these go back as far as Bible days. We don't, we don't have a lot of those. But um, the, first, the first hymn that we're gonna sing a chunk of is from the 1500s. Isn't that amazing? And the, the last one in this little medley was written in 1970. And so you and I, as, as people who belong to the church, we're, we're in a long line of people who are loved by God, who are called by him, who are, who are given charge, and purpose, and meaning. So if you guys would please stand up. If you know these songs, sing them with us. If you don't, like let it be the first time for you. It'll be great, but enjoy.
take a seat. Yeah, so there's no school like the old school, huh? That, um, it's church, if you sing the Gaither Band, that finished it all up with that. And so some of you guys have no clue what I'm talking about, it's okay. It is, it's really okay. I grew up in this stuff, so it's, um, this is really good. So, so we stand, um, we are rooted in some really important things uh, as, as the church. And, and we let our roots grow deep into that and grow from that. We are a building built on a foundation that was laid for us. And, and we grow from that foundation. And it's, we don't get to say what we are just by declaring that we're a church where we say we're gonna be what God says we're gonna be. So I wanna, I wanna shift gears a little bit and share with you some identity of the church as you think about, about who we are. And one of the main images that the Bible uses to talk about the church is, is a bride. The, the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter five, there are some verses that are, we hear them in marriage sermons, and they're great for that, but they're a description of Jesus and his church, starting in verse 25. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now listen to what Jesus, this is how he gave himself up for the church, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And then read down a couple more verses there and the Apostle Paul who wrote these words just to make sure that we stay real clear. He says, this is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. And, and so we read these verses and, and we see that, that Jesus loves his bride. I mean, he loves her sacrificially, he loves her generously, he loves her purposefully, he loves his bride. And as, as the church of Jesus, we have, this, like we have this groom who loves us and has given himself for us. And so we are, we are cared for, we are provided for, we are protected by Jesus. And, and I don't know what your view of like the best picture of marriage that you've seen, but those best pictures of marriage that you and I see where a husband and wife, a bride and a groom love each other well and sacrifice for each other and support and encourage, all of that stuff points us towards this, this relationship that Jesus has with his church, the closest thing that on earth that we can that we can think through to come up with how Jesus feels is how a husband should love his wife. And, and it's this beautiful image that is difficult to grasp, but for us here in a, in a culture that's uncertain, in a future that's uncertain, when there are things that are going on that we don't know about, we don't understand, we're worried about how's it ever gonna, how's it gonna move forward? In days like days like the days that we are living in and the days that are coming, the answer to that question is, the church is Jesus's bride. And Jesus loves his bride and he cares for his bride and he protects his bride. And that's not just us collectively, that's each one of us individually that's a follower of Jesus that says, like, 
I'm his and he is mine. He loves, provides, cares for, protects, watches over, cleans up, purifies, moves us forward, makes us who he wants us to be. And I'm so grateful for that. that because if it's, if it's up to me to become who God wants me to become, I don't have a chance at that. I don't have what it takes in order for me to make myself into who God wants me to be. But, but we, have this, we have this beautiful statement, this beautiful image, this beautiful identity that I, that I am the bride of Christ. As a guy, it's a little weird for me to think about being a bride. But as, as the church, we get to be, he is our groom, we are his bride, and he makes us who he wants us to be. And so we, as the bride of Jesus, have this incredible opportunity to respond to him. In Revelation 19, there's this, there's this future day that is described for us. And it, and it is, it's, it's the description of a wedding. So I don't know the last wedding that you went to. But I always have a great seat, like I'm right here. So I get to see what's going on through the whole thing. Um, I don't get to sit though, I have to stand through them. So I stand, at the, I stand at the end of the aisle and usually the groom is standing next to me and sometimes the guys are there and sometimes they're walking bridesmaids in. But there's this amazing moment when like the back door's shut and the music stops for a second and then it changes. You guys have been part of this, you know what I'm talking about. And then the music starts and the back door gets thrown open and the bride and usually her dad step in and, and the groom who's standing next to me, it's just, I always look at him for a little bit because to see if he's crying and, <laughs> and sometimes he is because I'm gonna make fun of him afterwards for that. Um, no, it's this beautiful moment of in the wedding when the bride is she's made herself ready and she is presenting herself to the groom. In Revelation 19, starting in verse six, there's, it's, it's heaven and the apostle John saw this and he said, I heard this, hallelujah. I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, loud peals of thunder shouting, hallelujah for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was, giving, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. And so we have this groom who, who loves us and who has given himself for us and who, has, who is making us ready and we have this incredible response and you and I live in this world, and our life in this world is an awful lot like a wedding ceremony. So when the wedding ceremony happens, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So the back doors open and the bride steps in and every head in the room looks to the bride. Nobody's looking at the groom. Every head in the room is looking at the bride and watching the bride as she walks toward her groom. And the bride, her eyes are fixed on the groom. So you and I, we live in this world that may or may not wonder who God is or what he's like, may or may not be interested in Jesus, but the world is very interested in the church. 
world watches the church, and one of the deep questions in the hearts and minds of people in this culture that we live in is, who is this God that they say that they're in relationship with and that they claim to worship, and, and they watch the church to learn what this God is like. And you and I, as the bride of Jesus walking towards him, we have this incredible opportunity. We keep our eyes fixed on him while the world watches us to learn what he is like. And as the bride of Jesus says yes to his love, says yes to his care, says yes to his protection, says yes to his provision, as we say yes to living in this world the way that he has called us, to, if we live his kind of life, showing and sharing his kind of love, with the people who are around us, those who the world sees what our groom is like. So we are the bride. If you guys would please watch the screens. He's calling his bride to open her eyes to see condition and be purified he's stirring his church he's searching the earth for those who are ready For his return
So if you're like me, when you hear the statement like the church, one of the first things that comes to your mind is a building, right? I mean, it's just, it's just kind of natural because we spent our whole lives thinking that church is the place that we go. And um, sometimes you think about, well, maybe this is something that we do. We think about a worship service, like I came to church or I'm participating in church, for those of you who are online with us. But church is so much more than that. Church is, church is people. Church is the people of God, the movement that began. And so I want to, this little last segment of what I want to talk with you about, when we say that we are a church, I want to talk with you about kind of the history of our movement, but more what it has been, what we have been called to and what we're embracing. Andy Stanley wrote a book um, probably 10 or 12 years ago called Deep and Wide. And in that book, he has two or three chapters on church history that they have challenged my thinking, continue to challenge my thinking about our church today. So, so in Acts chapter two, those verses we read just a little bit ago, that first group of, of Jesus followers, was first, that first church, you know what it was made up of? It was made up of people who had, who had seen Jesus, they had watched his life, they, had, like, his, they were there when he performed some miracles, they had listened to his teaching. They knew about this guy, and he was, you know, he's on the scene for about three years, and, and so they, they knew this guy, Jesus, and the claims that he had made, that he was the son of God, that he was God the son, that he had come to, to rescue and to redeem, and they bought into that. They said yes to that, and they were following after him, and then they saw him hanging on a cross, dead, and three days later, they saw him again risen from the dead. That first church, that first group of Jesus followers, they, they, they didn't just get born into something or go to church because it was what they had already done. They, they bought into a man and his message and his mission and they saw him risen from the dead and then they heard him after he had risen again give them this great commission this is recorded in Acts chapter one, verse eight. He said to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And they waited where he told them to wait. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled them with power, they took his message to the streets. That first church, that first group of Jesus followers they were people who had seen a man, believed a message, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and began to live out his life and his love in their circles of influence. The first church was just this grassroots movement of people who believed. And they took what they believed and they declared it and lived it out in front of their friends and their neighbors, both near and far. It's this amazing thing. It was just this just a group of people who were living this life that Jesus called them to live. And, and here we sit a couple thousand years later, when we say church, the first things that come to our mind are typically a building or an hour on a weekend, and, and so that's, those are very different things. So what seems to have happened in the history of the church for about 250 years, the church was just a grassroots movement, God doing something in the lives of people and them sharing that with the people who were around them. 
So for about 250 years, that's the way it went. And then in 313 AD, Constantine was the emperor of Rome. They were the world power of the day. And Constantine declared Christianity to be the religion of the Roman Empire. Seems like a great victory, but when he declared Christianity to be the religion of the Roman Empire, then what happened is this, this Jesus, this grassroots movement of Jesus followers now became a place where, where powerful people were trying to curry the favor of the emperor. And so, so it changed everything about about how the church functioned. And so some of the places where Christian people gathered together for worship, now wealthy, powerful people are coming to those spots to curry favor with the emperor. They're building buildings that, that the Romans called basilicas and Germanic people began to call kirke, which we get our word church for. And all of a sudden this movement of Jesus followers, if you look about 10 to 15 years past the declaration of Christianity being the dominant religion of the Roman Empire, there's not a whole much move in the movement anymore. But the church is Jesus's bride and he loves her and cares for her and protects her and takes care of her and he makes her who he wants to become. And so there are always these moments of shakeup that happen in the church. When the church gets settled, Jesus has this way of, of stirring it back to movement. And so what, as we say that we are a church, what we're saying is we're not this, we're not this settled institution. We are, we are the Jesus movement. We are followers of Jesus who are living out his life, who are sharing his love, who are on mission for those who are around us. There's this statement that's been, we can't figure out who it actually goes for, but from, this said by so many different people, so many different times, the church is the only institution that exists for the benefit of its non-members. It's about 90% true. Church exists also for the benefit of its members, but the church exists for the benefit of its non-members and, and so you and I have this incredible privilege of being part of what, what Jesus wants to do in our lives, in the lives of our friends, our family, our neighborhood, our community. When we say we're the church, we're not talking about we're the group of people who are at that building. We're not talking about we're the group of people who are functioning, who are organized around this certain thing. When we say we're the church, we're talking about we're that group of people who are living out the kind of life that Jesus calls his people to live, who are living out the kind of life that Jesus empowers and equips his people to live. We're that group of people. We're, we're, we're the group of people who are living Jesus's life in this community. And I'm so grateful for Christ Community Church to be part of this group of people who are, who are really committed to every, to every man, woman, boy, and girl being part of this Jesus movement to us to us being a church of, of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and by serving our neighbors. We are the church. So you guys please stand up and we're gonna worship again.
So as you, um, as you go from here, as you go into your week, know that you are, as a follower of Jesus, you are, you're part of something that has, has stood. It's, it's, it's withstood everything that, that the culture, that the evil one has thrown, and it will, it will stand. Church will stand. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Go from here into this week knowing that that you are the bride of Jesus himself. He loves you, he loves you, and he will protect you and watch over you, and he will make you who he has designed you to be. And know that you go from this place with purpose and with mission, because he has given you life, and he has poured his love into you, and you get the incredible privilege of sharing his life and his love with your friends, your family, your neighbors, both near and far. It's an incredible thing that you and I could say we are, we are part of, we are the church. May God bless you guys, have a great weekend. Um, those of you who are here in person, you hang right here until the ushers dismiss you. You can sit down if you want, you can stay standing, but I love you, I'm looking forward to being in this with you. May God bless you guys, we'll see you next weekend.